In this recording, we're going to look at the very interesting issue of when the judgment of Rosh Hashanah happens. Is it the night of Rosh Hashanah? Is it the morning of Rosh Hashanah? What do we know about the time when the judgment occurs? This is based on an article in the Ashurin volume 27, beginning on page 759 from Rabbi Yisrael Danderovitz. So he begins with a question of the Adaris. Reb Eliyahu David Rabinowitz Tuumim, who was the rabbi in Mir and Panovich and in Yerushalayim. He was the father-in-law of Rav Kook. So he wrote an autobiographical book called Seder Eliyahu, and he tells about meeting Rabbi Saul Salanter. This would have been around 1868 or so. He says that he was in Kovno, and he saw Rabbi Saul Salanter, and he was learning Maseches Rosh Hashanah. The Aresi Levatlo Milimudo, the Aderes was scared to disturb Rabbi Saul Salanter, but he asked him a question about Rosh Hashanah, and Rabbi Saul answered him, But the Aderes says, I was not satisfied with his answer. So the Aderes does not tell us the back and forth, but he tells us this story that he asked Rabbi Saul a question about Rosh Hashanah, and he was unsatisfied with the answer. Now, Rabbi Danderovitz was able to locate what the question and the answer were. This is in a sefer called Ish Yerushalayim, which was published in 1937. And this is not a Torah work. In fact, this is the only Dvar Torah in the book. So this is really an incredible find. And in this book, Reb Nachman Gedalia Broder who was one of the activists in Yerushalayim. So he tells some stories about the Adaris. He says that he asked Reb Shmuel Salant, who was the head Rav of Yerushalayim, what he thinks about the Adaris. And Reb Shmuel Salant said that he's a great Talmud Chacham, and it's really a great opportunity that they were able to bring him to Yerushalayim. And Reb Shmuel Salant spoke very highly of him. Now, on the topic of the Adaris, so Rabbi Broder discusses a question that he heard from the Adaris, which is, on Rosh Hashanah, and the Adaris said that he asked this question to Reb Isaac of Slonim, Reb Azel Slonimer, as well as Rabbi Saul Salanter, and Reb Azel did not answer him, but Rabbi Saul Salanter did answer. So here he quotes a brief Dvar Torah, a question of the Adaris, and Rabbi Saul Salanter's answer. So it seems like this was the question and answer that the Adaris is referring to in his autobiography. Now, Reb Yosef Zcharia Stern the Rav of Chevelle, also in his Chuvis Zecher Yehosef in Chelek Aleph Simen Ayin Dalid. So he also quotes this question that he got from the Adaris, who was then in Panovich. So it seems like this was a big question that the Adaris had that he asked to a number of the major Gedolim of that era. Now the question is on Rosh Hashanah Ches Amad Aleph. The general assumption is that Hashem judges the Jews on the day of Rosh Hashanah, not on the night. That's the language of the Yushalmi in Rosh Hashanah Aleph Gimel and Breshis Rabbah in Parsha Nun Simen Gimel, that Ein HaKadosh Baruch Hu Dan Es Yisrael Ela Bayom. The judgment of Rosh Hashanah is in the day. And the Gemara Navodah Zara Dalad Amad Beis also says that one should not daven Musaf by themselves in the first three hours of the day of Rosh Hashanah. And the reason the Gemara explains is Kivan de Mifkad Dina, because it's a day of judgment, Delma Ma'ayne Be'uv Maybe Hashem is going to analyze what the person's done too carefully and it won't be good. So again, we see that the judgment is going on in the first three hours of the day of Rosh Hashanah and after that it lightens up. 
So that's the background for the Adaris's question. The Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah calls the first of Tishrei, meaning Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah Lishanim, the new year with regards to years. So the Gemara asks, what's the relevance of that? So Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, Liddin. That's when people are judged. So the way the Gemara interprets that phrase is that Rosh Hashanah is the day of judgment, as we know. Now, then the Gemara asks, why didn't the Mishnah list the new year for the Omer, when you're allowed to eat the new crop of the produce the day after Pesach? So that's also a new year. As well as the Rosh Hashanah for the Shtei HaLechem, when you're allowed to bring the new crop as sacrifices, so that's on Shavuos. So why didn't the Mishnah list both of those new years? They're also periods of transitions when new things happen. So the Gemara answers, The Mishnah only lists things which begin at night, like the standard day on a Jewish calendar turns over at sunset. So those are the only Rosh Hashanahs included in the Mishnah. Things which happen at sunset. But things which don't happen at night, they only happen in the morning, are not listed in the Mishnah. And the Omer and the Shtei HaLechem, those two Halachas happen in the morning. So that's why they're not in the list of the Mishnah. Whereas the Din, the judgment of Rosh Hashanah, is listed in the Mishnah. So the clear implication of this Gemara is that the judgment occurs at night, after sunset, not the next morning. So this was the Adaris's question that this line in the Gemara, which seems to say that the judgment happens on the night of Rosh Hashanah, contradicts the Gemara in Avodah which says that the judgment is the next morning in the first three hours of the day. Now, there is another proof quoted from the Adaris, as well as from Rabbi Yosef Engel in the Gilyone Hashas and Brachos Yud Ches Amud Beis, and that is that the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Ches Amud Beis says, She'ein Bezdin Shalmala Nechnasin Ledin, the upper court, the heavenly court, does not judge the Jews, Elim Ken Kidshu Bezdin Shalmata Esachodesh, unless the lower human court already sanctified the new month and made this day Rosh Hashanah. So the heavenly court defers to the lower court until they proclaim this day as Rosh Hashanah. The heavenly court does not start judging. Now the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Chafhem Beis says, Ein balayla. We do not sanctify the new month over the night. It has to be in the day. So they see the moon at the night and then they come to court and the court sanctifies the new month in the day. So that means there is no way to have Rosh Hashanah at night. And as we just said, the heavenly court defers to the human court. So Rosh Hashanah and the judgment can only begin in the morning. So again, this is another way at coming to the same idea that we have a Gemara which indicates that the judgment is only in the day of Rosh Hashanah. So what does this Gemara mean by saying that the list of Rosh Hashanahs in the Mishnah applies to things that happen at night? And one of them is the judgment of Rosh Hashanah if that does not happen at night. Now, continuing with his historical discoveries, Rabbi Dandorovitz found something very interesting, that this powerful question of the Adaris actually appears in a different version in his father's Sefer. So the Adaris' father already asked a version of this question, but he puts it in a funny way, so it's not as strong as the formulation of his son. His father, Rebbe Yamin, asks the question, 
on a view of Reb Abala Pasveler, who was the Rav of Vilna, and this is quoted by the Chaye Adam in Klal Chavdalid Sif Yud. The halacha is that if someone forgets to mention Rosh Chodesh at night, so they forget Yala Yavo, they do not need to repeat the Shemona Esrei because again, the new month would not be sanctified at night, only the next morning. So forgetting Rosh Chodesh at Mariv does not require the person to go back and repeat Shemona Esrei. So Rab Abla Pasveler said that the same applies on Rosh Hashanah at night if someone instead of Hamelech HaKadosh says Hakel HaKadosh, so they end the bracha with the wrong phrase. Now from Rosh Hashanah till Yom Kippur, they would have to go back. But Rab Abla Pasveler said that at night of Rosh Hashanah, they do not need to repeat the Shemona Esrei just like Rosh Chodesh. So this is a very novel ruling because ordinarily we would say that there's a basic difference between Rosh Hashanah, which is a yuntif, so that kicks in at night, versus Rosh Chodesh, which only kicks in the next morning. And there's been a lot of discussion about this ruling, and most of the later authorities do not agree with Rab Abla Pasveler. Now, one of the issues that's raised, and this he quotes from Rab Moshe Yitzchak Avigdor of Kovna, the author of Pardes Rimonim, this appeared in the Orisa Journal. He points out that Rab Abla Pasveler's idea is already mentioned by the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah in their commentary on Brachos, and they reject this idea. And the Chuvos Mayim Chaim and Arachaim Simen Chafbeis Os Yud also points out the same thing. So the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah already mentioned Istimefarshi. There is a view which holds like Rab Abla Pasveler that if someone says the wrong Shmona Esrei at Mariv of Rosh Hashanah, so they don't mention Rosh Hashanah in the Shmona Esrei, they do not need to go back and repeat Shmona Esrei because it's like Rosh Chodesh. And then Rabbi Yonah disagrees with that view and he differentiates between Yantif versus Rosh Chodesh. And he points out that we don't even mention Rosh Chodesh in the Shmona Esrei of Rosh Hashanah. So we treat it like a regular Yantif, not like a Rosh Chodesh. So at Mariv of Rosh Hashanah, it should be like a regular Yantif, and if someone says the wrong Shmona Esrei, they don't include Rosh Hashanah, they would go back and repeat Shmona Esrei. So Reb Abala is discussing if someone said Hakel HaKadosh instead of HaMelech HaKadosh, and Rabbeinu Yonah is discussing if they said the wrong Shmona Esrei and didn't include Rosh Hashanah, but Basically, it's the same issue, and Rabbeinu Yonah already disagrees with this ruling. So this is a very strong source against Reb Abela's ruling. Now, as an aside, Rabbi Danderovitz quotes from Reb Moshe Mordechai Schulzinger in his Sefer on the Stipler, that the Stipler said something interesting about this whole halacha of Reb Abela. He said that it's always important to print Divrei Torah because that forces a person to really clarify the concept. And the example he used was Reb Abla Pasveler, who was one of the great Rabbanim of his time. He was the head Rav in Vilna. And he wrote tons of tshuvas and all sorts of Divrei Torah that went all over the world. And says the stipler, all of that was lost. The only thing that anyone knows nowadays from Reb Abla is this one unusual ruling about Mariv of Rosh Hashanah. 
Now, it's not totally true because there is a sefer they published called Be'er Avraham with a lot of ideas from Rab Abela. So there are other of his ideas out there, but this is certainly the most famous and there's been extensive discussion about it. So that was the stipler's proof that it's important to print because of all Rab Abela's Divrei Torah, the only one that's remembered is the one that was quoted by the Chaye Adam and the rest of them are not discussed that much. Now, we have different types of Talmidei Chachamim historically. Some do a lot of printing and some are not printers, but I don't know if that minimizes their status in Jewish history. Either way, this is the ruling of Reb Abala, and that's the question against him from the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah. Now, Reb Shlomo HaKohen, in his Chuvas Binyan Shlomo in Simen Yud Ches, so he was a later Rav in Vilna, so he defends the ruling of Reb Abala, and he answers this question that Rabbeinu Yonah seems to disagree with Reb Abala. And he says that there's a difference between the Shmona Esrei itself versus HaMelech HaKadosh. Because the reason we change the wording in the Shemona Esrei to HaMelech HaKadosh and HaMelech HaMishpat during the Aseris Yimei Tshuva is because these are days of judgment. So in order to reflect that it's a season of judgment, we adjust the wording to HaMelech HaKadosh. But that only begins in the morning of Rosh Hashanah because as we said, the heavenly court waits for the earthly court to confirm that it's Rosh Chodesh and that only happens in the morning. So that's when the judgment begins. So that's exactly why Rav Abela said that if someone forgets HaMelech HaKadosh at Mariv, they don't have to go back because HaMelech HaKadosh only kicks in when the judgment kicks in in the morning. Whereas Rabbeinu Yonah is talking about if someone omitted Rosh Hashanah from the Shemona Esrei itself and that does follow the laws of Yantif and Yantif begins at sunset. So that explains the difference between Rab Abala and the case in the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah. That's a very nice distinction between them and it explains the reason for Rab Abala's ruling is because HaMelech HaKadosh only begins when the judgment begins which is in the morning not at Mariv. And Rabbi Dandorovitz points out a few great historical discoveries that this question from the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah was actually raised in Reb Abala's lifetime. So Reb Nechemia of Dobrovna in his Chuvis Divrei Nechemia Arachaim Simen Mem Vav writes to another rabbi to please go ask Reb Abala what about the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah. So the question was already there even in Reb Abala's lifetime. Now the Chuvis Divrei Nechemia was then published by Reb Shlomo HaKohen and in the beginning of the Sefer he puts this answer that he wrote in Chuvis Binyan Shlomo he puts that answer in there and he quotes also from the Sefer Yad Shlucha from Reb Yamin Levin in Drush Ches that he also quotes this answer and he says that the Chaye Adam was very excited that he had defended Reb Abela's ruling which the Chaye Adam quoted from the question from the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah and Rab Moshe Feinstein also in the Chuvis Igros Moshe Chelek Aleph Simon Kuf Ayin also goes along this approach. So the basic idea of Reb Shlomo HaKohen, which seems to be the root of Reb Abela's ruling, is that the judgment of Rosh Hashanah only begins in the morning and HaMelech HaKadosh is connected with the season of judgment.
punishment. So now another great historical find, the Adaris' father, Rebbe Yamin, in his Sefer, Ene Ben Yamin, on Brachos Lamed Amad Beis, goes through a very similar discussion. First he quotes the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah, but he quotes the first view that they mention. That if someone says the wrong Shmona Esrei on Rosh Hashanah night, they do not have to go back. And then he points out that this seems to be the same as Reb Abela's ruling about HaMelech HaKadosh. So he doesn't differentiate between the wrong Shmona Esrei versus saying HaKel HaKadosh, but he's bothered by why is Reb Abela saying this as a new ruling and not pointing out that this is already in the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah much earlier. So this is a little bit of a funny way to put it because the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah actually disagree with this view. So they would contradict Reb Abela and he's acting like they're a precedent for Reb Abela. So it's a little funny, the organization. But then he asks exactly the question that his son would ask from the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that it seems to say that the judgment begins at night. So Rebbe Yamin is understanding in the Rabbeinu Yonah and Reb Abala that the judgment only begins in the morning, meaning the night is not really Rosh Hashanah yet until the morning. And now he questions this because the Gemara seems to say that the judgment begins at night. So this is all a very funny way to put it because the idea that the judgment of Rosh Hashanah begins in the morning has much older sources. It's not Rabbeinu Yonah and Reb Abala. We saw that it's in the Gemara elsewhere. It's in the Midrashim. So there are much earlier sources that say that the judgment is in the morning. But either way, the Adaris' father already asked a version of this question that his son would later come up with. So now there are a few possible answers to this question. In the Chuvas Zecher Yehosef, he seems to say that the Adaris suggested an answer that perhaps the non-Jews are judged at night and the Jews are judged in the morning. Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment for the whole world, not just the Jews. And in fact, there is a Yerushalmi which says that the non-Jews are judged at night and the Jews in the morning. So that would answer this question. When the Mishnah talks about about the Rosh Hashanah of judgment starting at night, it's referring to the non-Jews, but the Jews are only judged in the morning. But Reb Yosef Zcharia Stern questions this because Tosvos and Chesamad Aleph writes that the Mishnah does not list Rosh Hashanahs of non-Jews. So if the judgment at night is for non-Jews and the Jews are not until the morning, then it should not be in the list of the Mishnah. Rabbi Dandorovitz asks another question because the Bavli says, that the Jews are judged before the non-Jews. So there seems to be a debate between the Yerushalmi and the Bavli. The Yerushalmi says that the non-Jews are judged at night before the Jews, but the Bavli disagrees because it says that the Jews are judged first. So since this question is on the Bavli, we can't say that the non-Jews are at night and the Jews are the next day in the morning because that's the view of the Yerushalmi, but the Bavli disagrees with that. Now, he does quote very interesting that there is a group of commentators in the Sefer Base Peretz as well as the Chuvas Me'ava in Yeridea Simen Tav Chav Vav, as well as the Sefer Masad Yerushalayim on the Yerushalmi, and the Sefer Sifsei Chachamim on Rosh Hashanah Chesamud Beis, quoting the Chasam Sofer. So there's a group of commentators that say that the Bavli and the Yerushalmi are not disagreeing. That's why we have two days of Rosh Hashanah. So the non-Jews are judged at night, 
but the second night of Rosh Hashanah. The Jews are judged in the morning of the first day, so that's before the non-Jews like the Bavli, and the non-Jews are then judged that night on the second night of Rosh Hashanah, so that's like the Yerushalmi said. But even if we go along that approach, it's still not going to answer the question on the Aderes, because the Mishnah says that the judgment begins on the first of Tishrei at night. So that's the first night of Rosh Hashanah. So we still have no way to say that the first night of Rosh Hashanah is the judgment for non-Jews. And Rabbi Dandorovitz has another amazing historical find that this whole discussion is already in the Sefer Zahav Tahar from Rabbi Baruch of Zamost from 1774. So he already poses this question and he suggests the answer that maybe it's the non-Jews that are judged at night and then he poses some of the problems with that. So this whole discussion already happened about a hundred years before the Aderes and it's recorded in Zahav Tahor. Now in the Sefer Ishirushalayim that quotes this whole story briefly, so he quotes the answer of Rabbi Saul Salanter very tersely that he said, that in heaven, there's no concept of time. Now, what exactly that means is mysterious. Rabbi Dandorovitz explains it like this, that the concept of time, the notion of day and night, is a physical, earthly concept. So that's how we divide and determine different periods. But in heaven, there's no such thing. They follow the essence of the concept. So there's no difference between night and day. So that's why already from the night before, it's considered a day of judgment because it's already Rosh Hashanah, even though from our earthly perspective, the judgment is not going to happen until the next morning. So that was the philosophical approach that Rabbi Saul Salanter suggested in order to resolve this contradiction. It is true that the judgment in an earthly sense happens during the day, but in truth, the day of judgment begins at night as well. That's from the heavenly perspective, so that's why it's listed in the Mishnah. But obviously, we can understand why this would be unsatisfying to the Aderes to get such an abstract answer, because the only way we can think of about time is from the earthly human perspective. So why on earth would the Mishnah be thinking about time from the heavenly perspective when we are physical human beings and the whole halacha, the whole Gemara is written from the perspective of physical time. So Rabbi Saul Salanter's answer is very philosophical and abstract and very unusual for the way that halacha generally discusses time. Now there is a related source about Rabbi Saul Salanter's thoughts about when the judgment happens in the writing of the altar of Kelm in Divrei Chachma Umusar Chelek Beis, page 777. He quotes that his Rebbe, Rebbe Saul Salanter, told him, Ki harishon. The greatest judgment of Rosh Hashanah is the first night. So here, Rabbi Saul Salanter seems to be saying clearly that the judgment is on the first night. Now, there in a footnote, they quote from Rabbi Naftali Amsterdam, who was another one of the great students of Rabbi Saul Salanter, that the intensity of the judgment continues until three hours into the morning, as we saw from the Gemara, because that's the most intense period of judgment. So here we have another source from Rabbi Saul Salanter who seems to be attributing intense 
pronounce judgment to the first night of Rosh Hashanah. Now, there's another answer from Rabbi Yosef Scharia Stern in the Zecher Yehosef. He suggests that there is a debate in the Gemara how to read the Mishnah. There's a bunch of different views over there how to make sense of what factors create the list in the Mishnah. So he says that there are two different views. One holds that the meaning of Rosh Hashanah Lishanim implies that it's a day of judgment. That person would hold that even things that begin in the morning are listed in the Mishnah. Whereas the view that says that only things that begin at night are listed in the Mishnah would not include the judgment. So that's a fairly simple answer that there are different ways to interpret the list in the Mishnah and everyone agrees that the judgment begins in the morning. Now at the end of the article, Rabbi Danderovitz quotes another answer from the Shem Mishmuel, the great Hasidah Sherebi, the Sachachav Rebbe, in Rosh Hashanah Tafresh Ayin Zayin. He suggests something very interesting that even though the heavenly court does not judge until the morning, the Bezdin Shalmala, but Hashem himself, the things that he judges alone, he begins at night. So the heavenly court is more limited. They have to wait until the earthly court determines that this is Rosh Hashanah because the heavenly court doesn't know the future, so to speak. Whereas Hashem, who knows everything, he knows exactly what day is going to be Rosh Hashanah. So the things that are up to Hashem to judge on his own begin the night before. So that's why the Gemara says only the Bezdin Shalmala, the heavenly court, has to wait until the morning, but not Hashem. Now, obviously, the heavenly court has no power other than what Hashem does, but it means that there are different ways Hashem judges the world, either on his own or through the heavenly court, whatever exactly that means, but Hashem himself begins the night before, and that would explain why the Mishnah says that the judgment begins at night, when in fact the heavenly court, so much of the judgment does not begin until the morning. So those are four possible answers to explain this line in the Gemara, that the judgment begins at night, Either it's referring to non-Jews or it's talking about Hashem's view of time, which is not divided by day or night, or it's talking about Hashem who knows the future, not the heavenly court, or there is no such line in the Gemara because there are different views and everybody holds that the judgment begins in the morning. So we have a very interesting debate. Rabbi Sol Salanter and the Shemi Shmuel and perhaps the Aderes hold that the judgment begins at night, whereas the Aderes in his question and Rabbi Yosef Scharia Stern and Rabbi Yosef Engel, they all hold like the simple language of the Midrashim that the judgment only begins in the morning. Now, there is another source in the Gemara which has a very similar question. The Gemara in Brachos Yerches Amad Beis is discussing a wild issue whether the dead, those who have passed, know what's going on in this world. So as a proof for this, the Gemara tells a wild story about a pious man who gave tzedakah on Erev Rosh Hashanah when there was a famine and his wife got upset with him. So he had a fight with his wife and he went and he slept in the graveyard and he heard two spirits talking and he heard all about what was going to happen that year. And then the next year he does the same thing and the story goes on from there. The rest of the story is not relevant for our discussion. But the setup of this story is that this man had a fight with his wife on Erev Rosh Hashanah and that night, so it sounds like the first night of Rosh Hashanah, he was sleeping in the graveyard and he heard a discussion between two spirits who knew what was going to be happening that year. So that sounds like the judgment was already done at night 
Because if the judgment is only in the morning, then how did this chassid overhear a conversation about what was going to occur that year if the judgment hadn't happened at night? So we have the same problem. It seems from this story that the judgment occurs at night, not in the morning. Now, interestingly, because of this, the Vilna Gaon in the Sefer Imre Noam on Brachos, so he writes that this dream must have happened on the second night of Rosh Hashanah. It can't be on the first night of Rosh Hashanah because the judgment didn't happen at that point. So the story in the Gemara must have happened on the second night of Rosh Hashanah. But the Aruch Laner in Rosh Hashanah Test Zion Amad Aleph doesn't like this answer. He doesn't quote the Vilna Gaon, but he points out that the simple interpretation of the story is that it happened that night of Erev Rosh Hashanah because they had the fight on Erev Rosh Hashanah and it sounds like that night which was the first night of Rosh Hashanah that's when he heard the spirits talking so the Aruch Laner asks this question that how would they have known the judgment before the day so we see that the Aruch Laner and the Vilna Gaon both agree with the standard view of Rabbi Yosef Engel and Rabbi Shlomo HaKohen that the judgment of Rosh Hashanah is in the day not in the night now there is an answer from the Minchas Elazar in his Sefer Divrei Torah, Chelek Aleph Os Samach Dalid, he quotes that the version of this story in the Zohar in Parshas Truma happens on Motsa'e Rosh Hashanah, not on the night of Rosh Hashanah, but the night right after Rosh Hashanah. So he assumes that that must be what the Gemara is also referring to. In other words, the Gemara doesn't tell us what night he was sleeping in the graveyard. So everyone assumes that it was the night after he got in a fight with his wife. But says the Minchas Elazar, now that we have the Zohar that tells us that the story happened on Motzei Rosh Hashanah, so we could say that they had a fight on Erev Rosh Hashanah, but because it was Erev Yantif, the man didn't want to respond to his wife, so he just let it be, and they went through Yantif, and then after Yantif, he got upset, and he went and slept in the graveyard. And that night, he heard the spirits talking about what had been judged over Rosh Hashanah. So according to the Minchas Elazar, like the Vilna Gaon, this was not the first night of Rosh Hashanah, but rather it's the same tradition as the Zohar that it was Motzei Rosh Hashanah. Now, Reb Yosef Engel in the Gilyone Hashas and Brachos, so he raises this same question on this story. How did the spirits know what was happening on the first night? And he doesn't really answer it, but he does bring another proof to the idea that the judgment of Rosh Hashanah is only in the morning, and this is very similar to what the Minchas Elazar said. The Gemara in Babi Basra Yudam at Aleph tells a story that the nephews of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai had a dream that they were going to lose money that year. So Rashi says, Chazaluhu Bechalma, when did they see this dream? On Motzei Yom Kippur. So Rashi seems to be saying that the final judgment of what their financial year was going to look like happened on Yom Kippur, and only after that could they have seen a dream. Now, the Bach amends it to say Motzei Rosh Hashanah, the night after Rosh Hashanah, even though it was a week before Yom Kippur. So the Bach is telling us that he believes the determination of the financial year is from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, and it does not include the next year years Aseris Yimei Teshuvah. So they could see in a dream on Motzei Rosh Hashanah what was going to happen that year. So this is an interesting debate between the printed version of Rashi versus the Bach's emendation whether the Aseris Yimei Teshuvah are determined on the Rosh Hashanah before them or a year and 10 days before. 
But either way, says Rabbi Yosef Engel, we see from this comment of Rashi that the dream had to be at least after Rosh Hashanah. It could not have been the first night of Rosh Hashanah because at that point the judgment had not yet occurred. So from all these sources, we have strong evidence that the judgment is during the day and not on the first night of Rosh Hashanah. Now, there are other answers to this question. How did the spirits in the Gemara and Brachos know about the judgment on the first night of Rosh Hashanah? So Rabbi Yosef Schwartz in his Chuvis Vayitzbor Yosef Simon Lamed, he quotes a few answers. First is Reb Zev Wolf Weiss answered based on Tosvos. Tosvos asks that the dream the Chassid has, the spirits are discussing the crops. Now the crops are not judged on Rosh Hashanah, they're judged on Pesach. So why are the spirits discussing the crops on Rosh Hashanah if that's not their day of judgment? Says Tosvos, it's true that the judgment happened on Pesach, but on Rosh Hashanah, they mention the judgment from six months earlier on Pesach. So according to Tosvos, that would answer this question as well, even though it was the first night of Rosh Hashanah, so it was before the judgment had occurred in the morning, but obviously the judgment of the crops last Pesach had already occurred. And the Arach Laner also gives that answer. Second, he quotes from Rab Chaim Zucker, a very interesting suggestion. The Rambam in the Pirush HaMishnayis writes that if there would be a situation where they saw the moon on the 29th day of the month, before sunset, then the court could rush and sanctify the new month for that night. So that means there is a possibility where there could be Rosh Chodesh confirmed already at sunset before the night begins. If they see the moon right at sunset, they still have until the stars come out to sanctify the new month. That's still considered the day. So according to the Rambam, they can get it in before the night starts. Now, if that happened, so we said that the heavenly court waits until the earthly court decides it's Rosh Hashanah to start the judgment. But it's possible that Rosh Hashanah could start at night if they see the new moon before the stars come out. So it could be that year, that's what happened. The new moon appeared and they were able to sanctify it before nightfall. And that's why the judgment of Rosh Hashanah was happening at night. So this is a very clever answer. Then he quotes a third answer from Rabbi Yitzchak Yaakov Weiss, who's known for his Chuvas Minchas Yitzchak. Later, he was the Gaivid of the Eda HaCharedis in Yerushalayim. So he answers based on a comment of the Beis Ephraim in his preface. The Beis Ephraim suggested something very interesting, that even though the halacha is that whenever the earthly court sanctifies the new month, that is the proper new month, even if they're wrong, no matter what we follow the determination of the earthly court, even if astronomically they make a mistake. But says the Beis Ephraim, that's only in terms of the practical halacha. But in heaven, they do not have to follow the mistaken determination of the court. So if the court makes a mistake, in heaven they actually keep the day of Yantif, which was supposed to be the day of Yantif. Even though the halacha is that on earth, we are supposed to follow the day that the court decides. So if we have this distinction between the heavenly calendar and the earthly calendar, so says the Minchas Yitzchak, an interesting suggestion, that perhaps that year the earthly court made a mistake and Rosh Hashanah was actually before they were celebrating 
celebrating it on earth. Now, even though the halacha is that we follow the earthly court, but the heavenly court went ahead and did the day of judgment before the actual celebration of Rosh Hashanah. So that's why when the Hasid was celebrating Rosh Hashanah, the judgment was already done. So this is a bit of a radical idea that there could be a judgment day when the Jews are actually not celebrating Rosh Hashanah. Obviously not nowadays when we have a set calendar, but in the olden days, if Rosh Hashanah was on the wrong day, then the day of judgment would actually be before or after the Jews were celebrating Rosh Hashanah. So again, we see that the standard consensus of the commentators is that the judgment of Rosh Hashanah happens in the morning, not the night before. Although we've seen that there is a small minority who holds that there is some sort of judgment the night before. Now, it's worth just mentioning a few more sources about this whole issue. The Bear Hetev, in his commentary on the Shulchan Arach, Simen Tuf Kuf Pei Dalid, Sifkat and Gimel, quotes something unbelievable from the Ari. He says the Arizal Nohag Livkos Hashanah Yom Kippurim. The Arizal used to cry on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And he said anyone who does not cry on the high holidays does not have a good soul. So the sign of a functioning neshama is someone who cries on the Yomim No Rayim. Gam Amar the Arizal also added. When a person feels an organic crying coming out on its own, so they suddenly feel this powerful urge to cry, that's the moment that they're being judged in the heavenly court. And their soul feels it, and that's why they have this urge to cry. So we have from the Arizal this amazing signal for a person to be able to tell when they're being judged the exact moment when they have this powerful urge to cry. Now, it's just worth mentioning briefly that there is a totally other tradition from the Vilna Gaon in Maser Rav Os Reish Zayin, and he says that one should not cry on Rosh Hashanah. They should be happy like on Yantif, and Rav Chaim Valozhner also followed the same idea, but he added in that the Vilna Gaon only means one should and force themselves to cry. If they organically feel like they want to cry, then that would be allowed. Also, the Mishnabrura does not record this whole concept of the Arizal about the importance of crying on Rosh Hashanah. And finally, there's a relevant story in Halachic Man. Rav Soloveitchik tells that when his father, Reb Moshe Soloveitchik, was the Rav of a Chabad town, so one time the person blowing shofar started crying, and Reb Moshe Soloveitchik couldn't understand why he's crying while doing the mitzvah of shofar. So that's in the Vilna Gaon's tradition of not crying on Rosh Hashanah. So there seem to be two basic traditions. The Arizal emphasizes the importance of crying and the Vilna Gaon says the importance of not crying. Rab Chaim Valozhner seems to say that there's no debate. The Vilna Gaon means one shouldn't force themselves to cry, whereas the Arizal is talking about organic crying. There's a cute line from Rabbi Salanter that he proposed the 
exact opposite idea, that if someone organically wants to cry, then they should follow the Vilna Gaon and not cry. And if they don't want to cry, then they should follow the Arizal and cry. So everyone should force themselves to do what's not natural for them that day. So that's a real Musser perspective on the issue of crying on Rosh Hashanah, that one should use it as an opportunity to change and transform themselves and force themselves to change. So there's a lot more to say about this whole discussion, but it ties in with our issue of when they judge in the heavenly court, that Arizal claims that when a person feels a natural urge to cry, that's the moment when they're being judged. So that's a very interesting idea. Now, there is another source worth mentioning, the Yerushalmi discusses the idea that Hashem does not judge the Jews first thing in the morning at sunrise on Rosh Hashanah, but he waits until the Jews are in the middle of davening, they're saying Shema, they're blowing shofar, when they're doing the mitzvahs of Rosh Hashanah. So at that moment, which is the ideal time for the Jews, that's when Hashem judges them. So the Oneg Yantif, in his volume of Drushos, in the first Drusha, picks up on this line line in the Yerushalmi, and that's how he understands the point of all these sources. When the Gemara keeps saying that Hashem doesn't judge the Jews until the daytime, so he asks, what's the difference between the night and the day? But he understands that what it really means is not first thing in the daytime at sunrise, but it means a couple hours into the day when the Jews got up and they're now in the middle of doing mitzvahs. So that's a favor that Hashem does for us in order to allow the judgment to be at the ideal time while we're in the midst of doing mitzvahs. So this idea answers another question. At the end of Simen Tuf Kuf Pei Gimel, there's a whole discussion about sleeping during the day of Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, we try to do things that are going to symbolize a good year. So we eat foods that symbolize a good year. We eat sweeter foods. So one of the symbols is not to sleep during the day because that symbolizes a sleepy lazy year. So the Mishnah Brura discusses this whole issue. There are some who are not strict about this. The Arizal said that it's only the first half of the day, but after Chatzos, one can take a nap. So there is room to be lenient. But the Mata Ephraim raises the issue that based on this logic, we should have to get up before sunrise on Rosh Hashanah morning. Because if the whole idea is to symbolize not sleeping during the day, so how do people sleep in till seven? or eight well after sunrise on Rosh Hashanah morning because now they've slept during the day. So the whole discussion, whether you can sleep after chatzos is fine, but that only helps in terms of a nap in the afternoon. But how do people sleep past sunrise? So the simple answer seems to be that if someone sleeps in a little bit to the day, that doesn't symbolize laziness. That's just finishing up the nighttime sleep. So that's not going to be a bad symbol because that's what a person needs in order to have energy for the day. But according to the Oneg Yantif, it could be something more. That the judgment does not begin at sunrise. It begins later in the day when the Jews get up and go to Shul. Then the judgment begins. So that's when the symbol of being up would kick in. So this is another important idea as to when the judgment occurs. That it does not happen at sunrise, but it happens a couple hours later.
later. Now, one more very important source about all this is in the Mikhtav Me'eliyahu from Rav Dessler, who's actually a great grandson of Rabbi Saul Salanter. He raises a very important question, which is, we celebrate two days of Rosh Hashanah, even in Israel. So he asks, what does it mean that there are two days of judgment? None of the commentators that we've seen so far raise this issue. They all seem to imply that there is one day of judgment. But Rav Dessler says, we say all the same prayers. We act like the second day is also a day of judgment. So what does that mean to celebrate two days of judgment if in fact there is only one day of judgment? So based on Kabbalistic sources, Rav Dessler says that in fact there are two days of judgment. And this is an unbelievable idea that he suggests. It's somewhat harsh. He says that people who stand on their own, who are tzaddikim, who have their own merits, they are judged on the first day. But everyone else who does not have their own merits, they live through the merits of the tzaddikim because they're able to be useful to the tzaddikim. So these are people that are not on a high enough level to be judged on their own. Those judgments happen on the second day. So this is somewhat of a harsh idea, but that's how Rav Dessler explains why there are two days of Rosh Hashanah, because in fact there are two days of judgment. On the first day, Hashanah, Hashem judges everyone, but some people are not worthy on their own, and those people are then judged on the second day. So this is also an important source in terms of when the judgment actually happens, and it's a very important issue. How can we celebrate two days of judgment if there is only one? So these are some of the sources and discussion about identifying the time of judgment. We've seen that the standard approach is that it's in the day, the first morning of Russia. With the additional idea that perhaps Hashem waits until the Jews are in shul and blowing the shofar so that they'll have the most merit at the moment of judgment. And we saw from the Arizal that the way to identify it is when a person feels tears. But we've also seen a minority opinion that there is judgment beginning at night. And the idea that there are two moments of judgment for the two days of Rosh Hashanah.